Welcome to the Movement Logic Podcast with yoga teacher and strength coach Laurel Beversdorf and physical therapist Dr. Sarah Court. With over 30 years combined experience in the yoga, movement, and physical therapy worlds, we believe in strong opinions loosely held, which means we're not hyping outdated movement concepts. Instead, we're here with up-to-date and cutting-edge tools, evidence, and ideas to help you as a mover and a teacher. Welcome to episode 27 of the Movement Logic Podcast. I'm Laurel Beversdorf, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Sarah Court. This is our last episode of the season, Sarah. What? Yeah. I know. We made 27 episodes? Yeah. We did 27 in a season. That's that's a long season. Pat yourself on the back. That is a yeah. that is a job well done. That is now, a long season. No wonder I'm tired. <laughs> you know, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, this is not actually the last episode we're recording. I still have some episodes to record. We always record these episodes in advance, pretty pretty far in advance, a lot of them. This one is being recorded in early October. And uh, we are going to end the season uh, December 7th, I think, right? Which is when people will be listening to this. Some, somewhere, so. somewhere around there. <laughs> so we, we are technically not done recording all the episodes. And we definitely haven't received feedback and the world has not heard all of the episodes. But this is the last recorded episode that people will hear for this season. And we have quite a bit of podcasting experience now under our belt that we did not have before recording this episode 27 episode, which is technically the last episode, but in reality not. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Sarah, how are you feeling about podcasting? I feel good about podcasting. <laughs> I sent Laurel a meme that I saw the other day. It's a side-by-side -side comparison. And the first cartoon is this musician, you know, trying to write a song. And, and the caption is like, will anybody like this? And then the other one is two podcasters. And they're like, so then I went to the laundromat and like, they didn't have any quarter. So mad. And the other guy is like, oh yeah, dude, that's a bummer. Right. So like kind of making fun of the idea that podcasters just really like to listen to themselves talking. <laughs> You know, I, I think that it's that, but I also think that podcasters like conversations. They like yes. having conversations, starting conversations, being in conversation. And I have to say that I've found this to be very educational from multiple angles. I'm well, How I'm feeling about podcasting is that, yes, I like it. And yes, I want to do more. Could I be better at it? Oh my God, yes. Oh, me too. Sure. <laughs> like all the heavy breathing and all the times I interrupted you, I'm like, ah, stop. You're sorry. I'm just <laughs> You don't sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> or the number of times that I hit the mic because I'm gesticulating wildly with my arms in a medium where nobody's looking at what I'm doing, but I, I guess I'm a hand talker. Like if I can't move my hands around, I don't feel like I'm making my point. I know. So, yeah. I lots, know. Lots there's... to learn and, and definitely a steep learning curve. And 
you know, I, I think I think we've gotten better at it as we've been going along. And I know yeah. that there's certainly still lots and lots of room for improvement by yeah. you. But, you know, I'm just getting for both of us <laughs> for me as well. <laughs> 100%. But I also, I do appreciate the, to your point about being in conversation and the, what I enjoy about talking, the episodes where you and I are talking to each other um, and the interview episodes is, is when I, if I have a question that I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask Laurel this question, you rarely answer it the way that I think you would. And, and so that's fascinating because then I just get it, you know, I get a different perspective on this thing. And uh, I also, I think one of the things, probably depending on the type of podcast that you're doing, but I, you know, I'm a teacher. And I love having information that I can share with people and be like, look how cool this is. Did you know this thing? Or how is this going to impact what we're all doing? And and I also love learning because I think that's that's key. That way you, you're able to be refreshed in your interest in your work to maintain this, this level of interest in what you do. Being able to come on here and talk about it with people helps with mm. that. Yeah, it keeps a lot of stuff top of mind. And yeah. also shows me a lot of times it shows me that I didn't know as much about something as I thought. Mm -hmm. And then it spurs me to go back and go, wait a second. There's more here. There's so yeah. much more here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, great. I just wanted to get a feel for how you were feeling about this. Laura, um, I, um, I, I wanted to take this opportunity in oh, this episode okay. um, to tell you in front of everybody that I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, my God. I'm breaking up with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? How did you tell your podcast partner you didn't want to do it? Oh, I told them during an episode. On I air. That way, but because that way, she can't have a bad reaction. <laughs> yeah, look at me. My big smile, my laughter, crying through no, my... of course that's not true. Of laughter. course that's not true. You guys hopefully know by now that I, I'm a big jokester. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just me being hilarious. What I will say, though is that podcasting is a lot of work. Oh my God, yes. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. Um, Most so, of the work is not what you're listening to right now. The, uh, mm -hmm. the recording part is a fraction of what actually takes place. <laughs> yeah, the, the amount of time spent editing, but also, and I don't, we don't even really heavily edit our podcasts uh, episodes. I might edit the solo a little bit more just because it's me <laughs> um, 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 doing that a lot. Uh, but yeah, the editing process is is lengthy, but then the whole like telling people about it on social media and yeah. then the whole like show notes part of it and woof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although a lot of that is front loaded. Like once you have a system in place, which we sort of do now, it does get easier. But initially setting all of that up, setting up the networks, setting up the who's going to how is it going to feed to apple and who blah, 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 like all of that stuff mm -hmm. in the beginning what is a show note you know yeah. <laughs> how do i write a script how do i like all of that there was a steep learning curve for me yeah for sure i think that you are so organized and also uh, I think of you a little bit like a machine, Sarah. Are you a machine? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> are you machine operated? Because you are just, damn, you get it done and you get it done efficiently. And I'm over here like, um, um, uh, how do you do this again? Like making it way harder on myself than I need to. That's my impression. Honestly, my impression of you is it's the exact same thing, but in reverse. Like, I feel like Laurel is a machine. 
look at this carousel that she made. It's gorgeous. It's so brilliant. And I'm over here being like, I'm going to do a, a reel where I just like mime along to a sound. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Ooh, the social media component of it is, yeah, we're going to have to review that. It's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, Instagram. Yeah. Also, Instagram is just, it's become more work. Well, that's a topic of another maybe day. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's talk about our, this is our last episode. So we're going to do a little recap um, not on every single episode, but maybe three things, three aha moments related to anything really that we've had this season from various episodes, like things we learned about our craft, things we learned about science, things we learned about some random topic or things we learned about ourselves, anything. So Sarah, I want you to go first. What are three big takeaways or haha moments you had this season while podcasting with me? I mean, there are a lot of things and uh, these are sort of like in different categories, um, kind of referring back to what you talked about as far as like being able to getting the opportunity to study more and learn something new. Um, one of the favorite, and this actually hasn't, I think this episode is coming out next from when we're recording I did a much deeper dive into nose breathing and nitrous, oh God, nitric oxide. I always confuse mm -hmm. the two. And I was, I was propelled to do it because we had done an earlier episode about breathing. Like, is there a right and a wrong way to breathe? And in that episode, because I, I can hear it reverberating in my brain. One <laughs> of the things I said was that it didn't matter if you breathe through your mouth or through your nose. It just mattered that you were breathing. And then I was like, you know, there's that book, that James Nestor book that everybody's been trying to get me to read and I'm <laughs> real stubborn. So I just keep saying no, but maybe I should. And we also had some feedback from listeners who were like, you know, actually it's not true. No, nose breathing and mouth breathing are not the same. Mm -hmm. And so a, it gave me an opportunity to read a book, which is always nice, but also kind of do a bit of a book report. Like I kind of mm -hmm. summed up a lot of his concepts and I also pulled from research in that episode as well to talk about the difference between nose breathing and mouth breathing and, and how nose breathing is superior for a number of ways. And I won't go into it now. You just have to listen to the episode. <laughs> um, but to me, that also sums up our greater sort of is ethos the right word where if we're saying that we have strong opinions loosely held, that means I need to like put my money where my mouth is and mm. not hold on to my opinions so strongly and, and be able to be, wrong because I am un, I don't possess the amount of learning that that currently is out there and to correct that and to learn a bunch of stuff which I really did <clears throat> excuse me and then again sort of that to that teacher part of myself to then be able to go out and and talk about it and discuss and say like oh this is what I thought this was really cool because it's this and then pulling in things you know that sort of being able to sort of critically read something and compare it to other things that you already know so mm -hmm. that's um you know that that's something that I really really enjoy and you know I was thinking about this as well I teach anatomy in yoga teacher trainings and 200 hour yoga teacher trainings and most of the time, most of the people in that room have never really studied anatomy that hard. And I come in and, and I can see the overwhelm and the stress around this idea that like, oh God, I have to learn all this stuff and, you know, keep it, you know, memorize it. And this is sort of goes to broadly how I feel about learning 
for anything, but especially in the kind of scientific world, because we always feel like whatever fact I learned is the fact. And it's actually not, you know, science is way less, you know, uh, hard, like straight and narrow and, and fact or fiction than we, mm-hmm. than we maybe think and are changing all the time based on what we know. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that have that ability to, yes, retain what you've learned, but to hold it kind of loosely, right? Mm-hmm. And not be grabbing it so hard that you can't let it go and take a hold of something that is actually more accurate, that you're attached to this idea of like, I am a fact holder and disseminator. I'm no longer a student. I think of it as the difference between being a student and being a zealot. Mm. A student Mm -hmm. is someone who's taking in information, comparing it to what they know and allowing themselves to change in response to what they're hearing. A zealot is someone who takes in information and allows that information to dominate in a way that makes them almost incapable of acquiring and integrating new information Mm. when it contradicts what they've decided they believe. Yeah, that's a great definition. Um, so that was my number one was, was that episode and, and getting the opportunity to be wrong and to, to learn something, learn a lot from that. Um, I think the sort of through line of all of my favorite moments are that it's, it was where I got to learn something, uh, while doing the podcast. So the next one is, um, again, an episode that's coming up at the time of recording, but will have happened already. I did an interview with Stephanie Prendergast, who is a pelvic floor physical therapist. And just an absolute phenom. She is that woman. I've never seen anyone work so hard in my life. And one of we are sort of work colleagues, um, but she's also been my physical therapist for pelvic health. And uh, what I love about every time that I that I get to hear her talk is that she's it, she's so good at integrating not just this musculoskeletal concept that we come at as a movement person, but the whole system wide approach. And so things like that are kind of like a duh moment when you think about it, but they, we generally don't put together, like for example, the health of your pelvic floor musculature being directly impacted by things like, uh, you know, hormone loss during menopause. And that it's not just that you need to do a bunch of kegels. We need to actually balance out the the ways that your systems are working and and make up for this hormone depletion so that the tissue will function better you know mm. and i'm like oh duh right yeah. it's not just it's not like you just are lazy or you know i saw some terrible sometimes i'm like late night scrolling on instagram and i see ads for things and it was basically like it was like a uh leggings that were that you, they were like, you can pee in this and nobody will know when you're at the gym. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I get it. I don't want people to know if I'm peeing my pants at the gym, but shouldn't we go to the original source of that? Rather yeah. Than put on the leggings. So she says she, it's hard to describe. I mean, I just fangirl around her a lot. So I was thrilled that I got to talk to her. I've talked to her about a lot of these things before, but every single time she says something that maybe it was just like conceptually too hard for me to get the first time I heard it, but then I'm like, wait, whoa. Oh. And um, she's really great. So 
and, and so many resources for women uh, that we talk about in that episode. So, you know, because there's a lot of care that is for a lot of people cost prohibitive. And so mm-hmm. a lot of good ideas, uh, sources for people to, to be able to take care of themselves. And then I think sort of generally my third is going to be all of the interviews I think are kind of were my favorite moments mm. because either the people that I was interviewing where I was like, well, I, I know this person is a genius and <laughs> either lots of other people already know like Jules Mitchell, or they don't because they, you know, this is someone that I know who's here in LA or is in the PT world, less of a, less of a sort of movement world and the opportunity to highlight them and, and listen to what they have to say and, and continue to learn from them. And then also the interviews that you did, like the interview with Roz the Diva was, I loved it because I was like, this is so cool. I had never heard of her. I didn't know who she was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so to get to be exposed to her and her world and her, um, process and, and the way that she approaches, you know, exercise generally, and, and also just her, her personality, um, was just so, so cool. So for me, the interviews were, were really the highlight of the, of the season in that sense. So cool. those are my three. Yeah. You didn't have to talk to me. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Thank God. I'm talking not to myself, but really thank God I'm not talking to Laura. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. How did you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I, uh, I hear you though. Talk, talking to a guest uh, also for me were more, I would say more heightened because I wasn't as like comfortable. I wasn't like, oh, it's just, you know, it was my girl, Sarah. It was like this <laughs> person that I've maybe never met before, like Raz the Diva. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, preparing for those was a little bit different. It was more about learning about them and like figuring out, okay, what what's, what's the wheelhouse here? What are we going to talk about potentially. And the thing is, like, I plan my questions, and then inevitably, the conversation takes its own shape, which is what I love about conversations. Um, because it's it's not about my agenda. It's about our kind of co-created um, process, which is cool. All right, uh, I'll go. I'll go now. Um, I'm, I'm the last person to go. I'm the only other person here to go. So it's my turn now. <laughs> If your answer's not, you know, one, two, three, Sarah Court, Sarah Court, Sarah Court, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> well, answer number one is Sarah Court. <laughs> Phew. It's your, it's your solo episode on pain. Oh, cool. And the part where you, so you talked a lot about pain and the title is, is pain automatically bad? And it was a very enlightening episode on this new research that's coming out about pain and about how we actually don't have to absolutely always avoid pain in every single circumstance. There are times when pain is appropriate. So that's the the gist of the episode. But the part that really stood out to me and impacted me and reinforced what I already believe, but actually like made it even bigger and more important in my mind was when you were talking about the patient that you were working with who had pain and who thought that her disc, which had previously been injured, was rotting and putrid. And that when you explained to her that it had healed, it reduced her pain by some enormous percentage. I, in that moment, was like, wow, because I'm not a PT and I'm not working with people in the way that you are. And so my conversations with my students are very different. But when I heard that, I was like, 
how many people are walking around with these beliefs about their body, about the insides of their body and about what is actually what they believe is happening inside of their body or what they think has gone wrong inside of their body that it just actually not true at all, these myths that they have. And how is that impacting how they feel? Hey, guys, it's Sarah. Laurel and I really hope you're enjoying the new Movement Logic podcast. We are having a, such a good time. We both really love sharing ideas with each other and getting sparked by things that the other person has learned. Our goal for the show was to help you feel the same way so that you can feel excited and inspired by what you're learning and even maybe take some of these ideas into your teaching. That would be that would be amazing if that's what happened. I'd be so happy because I, oh my God, we both know what it feels like to be uninspired, to be stuck in a rut, desperately trying to come up with new ideas. So you, you take another training and it just ends up, you fall back into your old habits, the things you already know how to do, because it's too hard to change who you are as a teacher. We've all been there. The whole reason why we created the Movement Logic tutorials was so that you can enhance what you're already good at instead of trying to be some other different kind of a teacher. Every Movement Logic tutorial contains so much to help you do that. Hours and hours of anatomy, kinesiology, myth busting. Myth busting is maybe my favorite part of the whole thing. But most importantly, dozens of exercises that help you with strength or flexibility or functional movement, whatever you and your clients want to do in their life. Because we're so grateful that you are listening to our podcast, we have a podcast exclusive discount to say thank you for supporting our efforts with your years. What you can do is you enter the coupon code podcast at checkout to receive 10% off of your entire purchase. You heard that right. You go to movementlogictutorials.com, take a little scroll through all of our different tutorials, stick some of them in your cart, the ones that you're like, ooh, pelvic floor, ooh shoulders, and then enter the code podcast at checkout and you'll receive 10% off your entire purchase because we appreciate you. So thank you and go forth and save. Made me remember just how important the language we use as teachers is. It is so important. The way that we talk to students about their bodies, the way that we talk about our own bodies and the ideas that we are de-emphasizing and emphasizing with the language that we use. So that was huge. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. And I remember, I mean, I remember that whole, I remember that patient so clearly. I remember everything about it so clearly because it was, while it was happening, you know, I was trying to be, have my professional face on, but inside I was going, holy shit, holy shit, holy, you know, the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, the 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 way that we the way that we influence our students and or patients and the 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 language that we use to to tell the story of what's happening is it's just enormously important and it really begins i think with what we believe about the body yes and the stories that we tell about the body and so the reeducation that a lot of us are undergoing is so important and i think actually so much harder to undergo than learning a new style of yoga or learning to lift weights when you couldn't lift weights and or learn to teach something completely different. The mechanics of teaching something differently from a movement standpoint 
is is challenging, but even more challenging is to really examine and question your own beliefs and the stories you tell about the body and to see how that starts to leak into your language. Yeah. It, it's constant and it's it 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 it, ha- it it requires that you uh are willing to change some fundamental things about yourself as a teacher. And so it can be very uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, that was really cool moment. The next one was the conversation with Trina Altman, which was episode eight. So your episode was episode seven. And then episode eight, uh, when I talked with Trina about her experience with perimenopause. Mm -hmm. And the process that she underwent in finding evidence-based Western medicine doctors. Yeah. And so this idea that some doctors like OBGYNs are, they're Western medicine doctors. They, they use evidence to guide their practice, but they're not always the most current in their understanding or their adoption of the evidence. And so when it comes to the topic of menopause and perimenopause, in this episode, what kind of comes through is that it's really important that you look for a doctor who is current on the research and who is not just basing their care off of the Women's Health Initiative study, um, which had a lot of problems with it. And so this got me thinking about our general malaise as a country and society and our general mistrust of institutions and how one of the explanations for our current state of demise in the United States, in other words, we're in a stage of late stage capitalism, democracy is being threatened. And to a large extent, this is because of mistrust in institutions. One of the institutions that we've become very mistrusting of is Western medicine. Mm -hmm. Another is the educational system. Another is government and on and on and on. When we are mistrusting of institutions, some would call that critical thinking. And to some extent it is, right? We, We can't just blindly follow the messaging and protocol of massive institutions. But the dark side of that is that we stop trusting uh, big evidence and evidence-based uh, approaches to doing things. And we start listening more to our friends or more to grifters on the internet or more to uh, marketing ploys. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about how when we are blanket mistrusting of Western medicine, this is really an all or nothing approach. It's really a black and white approach and it's lacking fundamentally in critical thinking. Mm-hmm. But when we're just blindly trusting Western medicine, we might end up with an OBGY- OBGYN who diminishes the suffering we're experiencing from the hormone imbalancing, imbalance we're experiencing during perimenopause and refuses to you know, look at the various treatments out there that we might be um, you know, very much qualified for, mm-hmm. like hormone replacement therapy, for example, not that mm-hmm. that's like the only thing that could happen. So I was thinking about how one of my one of my goals as a teacher is to be evidence based and one of my goals as a teacher is to improve scientific literacy, improve critical thinking skills, but how there's so many people out there who are rightfully so really 
disenchanted slash mistrusting of science in general and Western mm -hmm. medicine in general, and how I feel like this might be a fundamental misunderstanding of how science works yeah. and the fact that science is not incorruptible. Science is not a perfect system. How science doesn't give you this concrete, uh, immutable, non-changing fact that you can put in your pocket and carry with you forever. Yeah. And so to understand that science is, I think, our best way of knowing something, the scientific process is the best way of knowing something, but that it's not perfect will allow us potentially to find these middle grounds of like not fully distrusting evidence-based institutions, but also being willing to, you know, question them at the same time. You know, this is where I think this is like the crux of where we're at yeah. in the world. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think the other thing that happens and I actually, as you're talking, I was like, I think this would be an interesting episode. I don't know if it's but talking about, you know, are you, are you West, Western based or are you Eastern, but, you know, quote unquote, Eastern mm -hmm. based. Um, and, you know, there's, there's so many things. I mean, even thinking about the medical profession as this monolithic thing when it really isn't. And I look at mm -hmm. within my world of physical therapists, there's such a range of, well, are you practicing what you learned 20 years ago? Or are you, you know, when you had to take the exam, are you practicing what, I mean, I got my license and, you know, a lot of the stuff in the textbook that I had to take the exam on, uh, I was like, eh, I don't think this is exactly right, but I'm just going to write that this is the answer because this is what they think is the answer. But I think right. actually more recent research shows that this mm -hmm. was not the answer, you know, so it's a lot to do with how much work are, are the medical practitioners that you have available to you putting in. Right. Uh, and that can depend on a, a, on so many factors, but yeah, any sort of like wholesale abandonment of either the, you know, Western medical approach or the, um, you know, power of something like Ayurveda or Reiki, mm -hmm. any sort of like wholesale, like that's garbage, I think is, is always problematic. So yeah. 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 And, and just as a side note, the episode that I did with uh, Stephanie Prendergast talks also about those resources that Trina was talking about, like mm. trying to find medical practitioners and uh, who who are not still, you know, sticking by that report from 20 years ago, which in, which in fact is false. Cool. Yeah. And then the third one was my solo episode, of course. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I picked one of mine. <laughs> I really which, loved when I talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, I love everything I know about this topic and how <laughs> I love listening to myself talk about this topic uninterrupted by Sarah and her dumb jokes. Can I say though the solo episodes are really hard. They're so hard. They're hard cuz you have to really you can't like lean on the other person. There to is nobody to lean on. Find the word that you forgot or whatever. <laughs> um there's no one to lean on and uh so when I did the episode on the pros and cons of resistance bands, I didn't Too actually loved. know I did love that? that episode. Yeah, I just wanted okay. to break in and say I really did love that episode as well. I'm so glad. I uh, was a little bit like, okay, I want to talk about what resistance bands can and cannot do. I didn't really know where it was going to go exactly. And I usually do a lot more preparation for the solos because, it, you know, you, you it's just you and then it's the crickets. So you better know what you are there to talk about. And I came upon an understanding that I hadn't 
had before I started preparing for the episode. And it really kind of almost clicked while I was recording the episode. And it dawned on me that just this, this sentence, all strength training is resistance training, but not all resistance training is strength training. And I was like, mm, <gasps> that's really good. Yeah. Resistance training can encompass things like body weight, resistance bands, free weights, right? But I think sometimes when we think about resistance training, we think that all we're doing is working on strength, but there are so many other capacities within the realm of resistance training we could be working on, mm -hmm. physiological outcomes like increase in muscle size, which is not the same as strength, right? Or strength endurance, which is a different variable than strength mm -hmm. or even power, right? But then outside of the realms of resistance training, we could be working on things like improving proprioception, reducing uh, sensitivity to particular positions or loads in the body. We could be working on um, just adding more movement uh, load variety to our movement diet. And while these aren't necessarily things that we would progressively overload, right? I don't think we progressively overload proprioception. We don't progressively <laughs> overload yeah. just reducing pain in a position. And we don't, well, we might if we're working on building strength to reduce that pain. But if we're just trying to get somebody to be able to bend over without pain, that might start, you know, from a, a much lower load kind of just movement perspective rather than just like a strength training perspective. Um, or if we're just looking, on, looking at moving in different ways and loading our body in different ways, these are goals that we can have actually separate from resistance training, but we can use the tools of resistance training. And we do already. We use body weight, which is a tool of resistance training. Resistance bands are a tool of resistance band, resistance training. Even free weights, right? We could use free weights in a way that isn't necessarily aimed at getting stronger. It's not necessarily aimed at getting bigger muscles. It's maybe just aimed at moving in different ways, feeling different in a pose or a movement or even improving mobility, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's kind of a cool <laughs> discovery. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things that you're right on the edge of understanding. And mm -hmm. until you actually take the steps to verbalize and act on your understanding, you don't make the connection. And then when you make the connection in the moment, you're like, wow, it's really, really educational to publish your learning process. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really educational to ship it because and not wait for everything to kind of click and and for you to understand everything and be perfect like it's all an unfinished product it's all a draft and to be willing to kind of get in front of the microphone or even on you know social media or even in you know your classes to just share what you know now yeah. can be in and of itself one of the most effective ways to know more i think so that was a big kind of aha, like, oh, yeah, this is good for me. This is this is good for me in terms of like my ability to articulate and understand and reinforce what I know yeah. in addition to this is good for me because uh, now I don't have to rely exclusively on Instagram for people to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is but becoming I very, very um, laborious for me. Yes. Um, yeah, I think in the that same concept applied to teaching where maybe you put together a draft of a class that you're going to teach and you're like it's got some i can sort of intuitively feel there's a, a through line here of something but i don't quite know what yeah. it is and then it's in the the doing and the teaching of it that you're like aha 
here's here's what it actually is. Like I had yeah. there was sort of this like, you know, subconscious understanding that not until you're in the doing of it do you put all the pieces together and go, oh, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes the the confidence to sort of sit in that unknowing place and let the knowing come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a is a is a skill and comes with with experience because you know that at the very least, even if it doesn't come to you, you're not gonna it's not gonna be a total flop, you know, what you're trying to do. Right. Like, you know enough. This, yeah, you know enough that maybe this is not gonna be the genius aha moment that you thought it was, but it's mm-hmm. not gonna be a pile of steam and garbage either. So right. Um, yeah, I think those moments are always really, really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well what what do you think what do you think folks can expect from us next season? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um more great jokes for me, definitely. Just less really, heavy like, breathing. Less heavy interrupting. breathing. <laughs> um, better less interrupting. connections, hopefully, so uh, I don't have this yeah. problem anymore. Uh, no, I think it, you know, kind of, I think ho- well, hopefully at least people who've been listening get a sense of like who we are and how we, you know, put things together, how we think. I mean, certainly for me, this whole process of doing this is sort of what you described in that episode of like, it's been a like, oh yeah, that's how I sort of, it's been a sort of cataloging of how I, how I think and how I put ideas together. And, and uh, so I think, you know, so more of the same approach and just a whole slew of interesting new topics. I already have a list of like five or six people that I, that I know that I want to try and get on here for interviewing. I'm very excited about those people. Um, more of, you know, that incredible banter that, that, you know, in the words of Love Island, Laurel and I've got good banter. <laughs> That's not actually right. They say, they say, he's got good banter. You don't say the teeth. I like his teeth. He's got nice hair. He's got good banter. He's got good bum. Those are the four qualities. Teeth, hair, banter, and bum. So you're going to get more teeth, hair, banter, and bum from the two of us. And um, more exploration and, and you know, just, again, you know, it, it is, it's really, I think it's really freeing to be like, I have strong opinions, but feel free to change my mind. Yeah. You know? it's really liberating in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, um, I have to say, I think next season, uh, I am looking forward to getting to know you even better, getting to hang out with you and for this thing to, to continue to grow. I know we have a really big project that we are going to start working on soon as a special course coming just you and me this course that that laurel is is very (laughs) obliquely referring to very opaquely referring to uh started from a text message that i sent to her where and the text began with okay you're gonna think i'm crazy but and i laid out this idea and she wrote back and was like i had the same idea so (laughs) we are if nothing else on the same page about a lot of things yeah, my my best ideas for how you and I should work together come in like these epiphany moments while I'm like doing something random around the house. And I'm like, mm. oh, yes, yeah, Sarah and I should start a podcast. And I immediately <laughs> grab my phone. I'm like, let's start a podcast. And you immediately write back. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the best ideas come in random places, driving, in the shower. 
All right. Well, thank you. And I think this is a wrap for this season. It's going to be a couple of weeks before you hear from us again. I mean, I uh, hope it's more than a couple. I would. We like haven't <laughs> decided exactly on when we're going to resume these episodes, but you're not going to hear from us for sure for the rest of 2022. So stay tuned and go back and listen to some of the older episodes that we reference. We're going to link them in the show notes, our big aha moment episodes, and uh, all the episodes starting from the very beginning. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram at Movement Logic Tutorials, as well as our own personal handles at Sarah Court DPT. That's right. And at Laurel Beaversdorf. And then get on our mailing list for freebies and to know about this secret course <laughs> and to hear uh, from us in various ways. We're sharing a lot of fun stuff to our mailing list that we're not sharing anywhere else. So um, get on our mailing list to be in the know about that. Uh, that's it. And thanks so much for joining us for this season, for this episode. As always, it helps us out. If you would please subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And if you have a question that you'd like us to discuss for season two, go ahead and pop it into the review because then you get to do two things with one action. You get to give us a review and you also get to request a topic. And we read all of the reviews. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next season. See you next season.